0: hey there crosswinds family and friends welcome to another episode of crosswinds unleashed each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles um, from authentic believers our podcast breaks down the christian life through interviews and practical instruction and you know we want to do this in a fun and accessible way i'm craig cooper the host of this podcast and lead pastor of crosswinds church and again, let me give a special shout-out. I do this every week because he is extremely important. That's Elijah, Elijah Merrill, our producer. Um, without him, you wouldn't be hearing what you're hearing. And so all the things that go right, I say thank you, Elijah. All the things that go wrong, I will take that responsibility. But thank you for hanging with us as we uh, continue to explore the Christian faith together. Um, If you heard the last episode last week, uh, we had Wendy Emerson here with us. She is our student ministry pastor here at Crosswinds Church, a colleague of mine. And uh, we heard her testimony. So if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go back to last week's episode, episode 15, Uh, and take a listen to that. This week, we're going to talk about sort of uh, her journey into coming into student ministry as a student ministry pastor, and and then talk about student ministry in general, some of the challenges, what she sees happening within the culture there. Um, It is going to be an exciting episode. Wendy, thank you for being with us again.
1: Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here and continue the conversation.
0: So let's start. This is a recap of people heard a little bit last yeah. week, but maybe some people were just uh, just now listening to us on this podcast. What has been the journey that has led you to being the Crosswind student pastor?
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely been an interesting one. And so we did talk about a lot of this last time we were together, but um, you know, I came to Crosswinds I 25 years in corporate America and um, had been through the result of some abuse and broken relationships, was battling a gambling addiction. And found myself at Celebrate Recovery back in 2006, which led to, you know, a decade of healing and working through Christ-centered 12 steps and all those things. And I got plugged in to serve at Celebrate Recovery, which totally changed my recovery. It changed my relationship with God and others. I began to understand authentic community. um, And through that, then felt equipped to kind of serve at student ministry where my children were now attending. And, You know, I was leading a small group, and and God was just doing some crazy things in my life through that. And one summer, we uh, traveled with the kids to Houghton College at uh, Never the Same Camp, and Jeff Eckert was speaking, and he was preaching out of Joshua. And he, uh, now mind you, I had been called into ministry ten a decade ago, decade before that, and I was sort of rejecting that call, thinking, "No, I'm supposed to be in corporate America. I'm good at marketing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing." and um, so I'd kind of pushed that calling down and he was preaching out of Joshua and he was talking about the Israelites carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they were to cross the Jordan River and you know the water's rushing and, and they're afraid to step in and God says no you need to trust me you need to trust me and step in and in that moment I knew that it was time for me to trust God with you know my career my finances my future all of those things and so I I ran home and I enrolled in school and uh, what was crazy to me. Now, God in my life has opened doors that have been undeniably open, and he's closed doors that have been undeniably closed. And probably three months after I finally responded to the call into ministry, um, our now family pastor, Brian Solar sat me down and said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about taking this new position and looking for someone to fill my spot. And uh, you were the first person I thought of to step in as interim student director. And I thought, what, me? You know, I'm like, am, am am I the only one? Is he talking to me? And so God just continued to open doors for me. And God just continued to make it clear that this was the path he wanted me on. And so I think, you know, and of course, being in the role and then having a pandemic hit within the first few months was a little crazy. But um, man, God has just showed up every single day. And so I went from corporate America to uh, full-time vocational ministry and have not regretted a single second of it.
0: You're in a unique situation in that, you know, if you were to say, "What is what is the the average makeup of a student pastor?" Not me, right? They're, they're right out of college. <laughs> yes. Maybe newly married, probably newly married. Actually, if you were to look at that, no kids or young kids, and right. I mean young as far as toddlers, and they're pastoring students, right? And and, and most most student pastors last about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they head on to something else. Some of them are out of ministry. Uh, you know, it's just sort of the way it is. And so they have this after college type thing, right? And and, and here you are. You're a parent. Yep, I'm you, a grandparent. Y- yes, you're a grandparent. So you you've raised teenagers. You now have adult children. You have teenage children. And, and so you have this this perspective that many a student pastor doesn't have, which is not just like you know most student pastors are just not. Like, they were barely not teens, <laughs> right?
1: Like, I never thought about that. You know, but like yes, that's there true. may
0: be two, three, four years out from being yeah. a teen themselves. And, and you've raised teens. Right. And, and uh, you understand sort of the parents' perspective of that. Talk to me about how you how you bring that into being a student pastor, because that's that's a powerful perspective that many a student pastor doesn't have.
1: You know, I I think it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. You know, I I've been in the faith probably actively fifteen years. You know, I, I'm the same age as you, I'm fifty-one. Um, and I do have four grandchildren. I have three children of my own. I have two stepchildren. Um, so many mistakes were made as a parent. You know, I made so many mistakes as a parent, and I, I, I come at it from the perspective of I wish I had, had had a do-over with my adult daughter, and I wish I had raised her differently to know Christ. And so when I look at the students on a Wednesday night, I look at them as if they are my own children, you know, and I I want them to hear the things of God. I want them to know that there's nothing they can do that's going to separate them from God's love. I want them to know that God is relevant. Um, and so I just think as a mom, it's just a different perspective as a mom of older kids. And even my own children, I asked my boys when I was asked to come into this role, they're now 16 and 17, what do they think of their mom being the youth pastor? They're like, oh, we think it's pretty cool. We think you're that, you know, a, a good balance of stern and fun. So, um, but I just, I don't know about the the mom perspective. I think my experience in recovery has had a bigger impact on how I lead the ministry. On we'll top, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can come in as, you know, God freed me from an addiction and not a chemical adi- addiction, but an addiction is an addiction, right? And I think life is hard. And I think we all struggle with hurts. We all struggle with, um, you know, developing bad habits or hangups about how we feel about ourselves, about anxiety, depression, all of those things. And I think really, you know, I've been in Celebrate Recovery 15 years. And so it's just given me a heart for broken people. And I think we can break the cycle in the lives of youth before it becomes, you know, demonstrative or, you know, like just to destroy their lives. And so meeting them in that place and helping them, just understand the reality of what's happening in the world and and who they are to Christ, that their identity isn't in, you know, Snapchat and Instagram, but it's in Christ. And, you know, if you've made the decision to drink as a teenager or to do drugs as a teenager, God still loves you and you can hit the reset button and let's figure out a way to help you heal from it and move forward. So I just think recovery has probably better equipped me than being a mom because I'm still figuring out the mom thing. I'm still figuring out the grandma thing, you know, but... Um yeah so I I think I just come in from you know just more years of life experience you know and myself making really bad
0: choices. <laughs> you talk about breaking the cycle and yeah. I sit here as a individual who God used people like yourself to break the cycle in my family. I mean I had great parents but they weren't Christians mm-hmm. and and uh for whatever reason, they dropped me off at, at a Sunday school every week. I, I don't I still to this day, I mean I remember I asked my mom why'd you do that? And she said, I just thought like that's what you did. Yeah, but they never went to church. And you know, it was Sunday school teachers, it was student pastors and workers who impacted my life. Eventually, my parents came to Christ when I was 15, I came to Christ when I was five. A whole decade later, they came to Christ and it broke a cycle in our family. Yeah. And uh, I'm not to, I'm not saying I didn't make mistakes, I haven't failed, I have. Um, but because God grabbed me at a young age and because he broke that cycle in our family, he also protected me from a lot of things. Sure. Um, and, uh, and our whole, you know, my, my kids and now my grandkids, because I got two now too, um, they probably, I, I know they do, they think they were raised from a long lineage of Christians, Yeah. and they weren't. Uh, they really weren't. And so I really appreciate you saying that, um, because that is a powerful thing to be able to break a cycle.
1: Yeah, and you know, my children, they know my story, they know the history of my faith relationship, but their children won't. You know, I, my grandchildren, it's all they know. You know, it's it's interesting. I can have really deep theological conversations with my teenage boys, and sometimes I look at them and I'm like, who are you, and and who, who made you like this amazing, you know, discerning Christian? And then I realize that that's all they've known, yeah. right, since they were babies, and so I... Even though I grew up in the church, I think my parents did it because—and it's interesting—both of my parents have walked away from the church, which is is like heartbreaking. Um, but they did it because they believed that was the right thing to do. I'm doing it because I want my children to know who they are to Christ. That's that's a totally different reason behind it. Not because it's socially acceptable, but because their identity in Christ is everything. Yes. You know, even above and beyond me being their mom. Yes. So, and I—that's how I feel about every single student that walks through the doors on a Wednesday night.
0: So you're, you're, you're immersed in this culture of parenting and teens and junior hire and senior hires. So when you look at culture, what challenges do you see for students and parents today?
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where to start with this question. I, I, you know, I think there's two key things that I think about when I, when I think about challenges and, and what's happening right now. And one is what I would call influencers, and not in a good way. You know, I think about friends. I think about social media. I think about news, me, the music that's on the, you know, like public radio and movies. And there's a real identity crisis happening right now in the world. You know, I think our children are being bombarded with very confusing messaging that's shaping their identities. You know, what's cool, what's in, what's trending. Um, you know, even some of the stupid dance trends on TikTok. I think kids are just misinformed about what's relevant, what's important, and what identifies who they are. And so I, I think um they don't see God as relevant. They see the person on, you know, Instagram with four million followers as relevant. That that's relevant to them. And that that's heartbreaking to me. So they don't see the scriptures as what should provide the authority in their lives. They see, you know, what everybody in their friend group is doing as as where they're gonna get their their accolades from. And so it breaks my heart. So I think that's the first thing is just this idea of where kids are drawing their influence from, and then I think the second struggle, the, the biggest challenge, is busyness. You know, I'm I'm challenging kids. You know, we're doing the soul exercises curriculum at student ministry, and we're trying to get in, kids engaging with God's word. And I hear over and over and over again, "I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy." And I think to myself. And I did this in a sermon a couple weeks ago. I said, somebody time me as I read this verse. And it was like three verses. And it took me like 49 seconds. And I looked at the students. I'm like, you tell me you can't find 49 seconds one day a week to read three verses in, in the scriptures. And even if you do 49 seconds a week, God can use that. Because it's where it's profitable.
0: Yeah, I often say, you know, you start where you're at. Yeah. And some people, some people even listening are saying, well, 49 seconds isn't a lot, and it's not enough. And I would say, well, they will grow, but you start where you're at. If you're not doing anything, 49 seconds is life-changing. That's huge. Yes. Yeah,
1: it is. And so that that's like what the fundamental thing that I'm trying to to get into their brains is like, don't tell me that you're too busy if you're laying in bed for two hours or you're, you know, mindlessly scrolling whatever social media platform you're on. I think there's so much noise and so much garbage out there right now. Um, I think both of those things tie into this idea of what's influencing them and what they consider to be busy time, right?
0: Yeah, and certainly the access to influencers. Yeah, you know, I think is 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 historic. I mean, it, there's never been a time in history. Where you can be, really have such a multitude of influencers right and at, at right in your phone. Right. I mean, it's right there, and, and so there's this there's this uh, interesting. So I'm not an anti social media person. Right. Uh, God uses it in mighty ways. In fact, there's unreached people groups that the only way that they can hear the gospel is through uh, social media in other ways. And so it's it's not like I'm saying social media bad. Right.
1: It can be a good thing. But I'm
0: not going to say social media all good. Um, because of just the access to influence you talk about mindlessly scrolling,
1: it's like a black hole. yeah, right? it's just a black hole. And, it, you know, another thing is I, one thing we do in my household, and my parents did this, and I credit them is every day, wh- whoever's home, we break bread as a family. We have dinner as a family around the table. And that's a no phone time for us. I just there's so m- if I can just carve out a little bit of time to get kids away from that busyness concept, I don't know. It's just, that's a big challenge I think for students and parents and students don't know any different today. We didn't have cell phones when we were teenagers. We barely had the internet when we were, you know, as we were coming into college age and and to gain web access was like unheard of. So it's it is
0: What well, was the web?
1: Right. Right.
0: I, you know, when we were when we were in junior high and you know, first part of high school, what what do you mean?
1: Yeah, we had a computer in our basement growing up, and we had like DOS-based games. and absolutely. That was like, oh, that was like craziness. No, right? Absolutely. But, but even that, you know, we were allowed thirty minutes of TV a night. Like that was that was it. Now kids have endless YouTube on their phones, and I don't know how many thousands of olar- hours of video get uploaded to YouTube every minute. It's it's just insane. So when I was um, growing
0: up, if I had snuck the TV at, at, after midnight, I would have saw static. Yeah. Because it, it turned off, right? I mean, at a certain time, there was no TV. And, and you couldn't cable.
1: you couldn't turn the TV on quietly because it had that button you actually had to push and to yes. click the channels it made a noise and yeah, yeah. when people <laughs> think of a TV
0: controller you know they think of something you put in your hand uh, I grew up at least up until middle school I was the controller you had
1: to get up and walk Dad, across Dad, the room well, yeah Dad just... would
0: tell me you know hey turn the channel oh, yeah. to yeah. the yeah. to the six stations right yes uh, that that you had on there and so I mean I, I know that's aging aging us a little bit but the reality of it is we've seen all this come in. And we've seen all the good. Yeah. And so I know, like, for instance, you talk about the soul exercises or spiritual disciplines. You have an app that helps them do that. Yes. That's that's
1: an amazing, amazing thing. There's some really, really excellent apps out there um, that I think our teens could leverage. And, And I've challenged, you know, there's one that helps them memorize scripture. And it's just, I've used it because I I'm, I have really terrible memory, and it sort of gamifies this idea of memorizing Scripture, but I'm fine with that if it means they're bringing God's Word into their hearts and minds. Absolutely. So I think technology can be good, um, but I think, and I'm guilty of abusing it myself in terms of the mindless scroll, too. You know, I, I, I have definitely fallen victim to that. So I think those would be the two big things.
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about the challenge of student ministry. So we talked about what the students are going through and parents trying to to sort of work in this challenge of of busyness and mm-hmm. and, and and but what about student ministry? How, how do you engage students and parents today? What what is the big challenge of, of doing that?
1: Well, I think the first challenge is getting kids there, right? First and foremost, because we're competing with everything that's going on in the world versus, you know, there have been times when my own children have not wanted to come just because they wanted to stay home and watch something or whatever. You know, I, I think we're competing with the two things I spoke of previously, the influencers and just this idea of busyness. But I think one of the biggest things we have to do as a ministry is make it fun, right? I think there has to be an element of fun, but not at the risk of compromising or watering down the gospel.
0: Yeah, that's right? right.
1: I think... Kids need to be able to come in no matter where they are whatever walk of life they're at, whatever relationship they have with Jesus or don't have with Jesus, right? And they need to, to come in on a Wednesday night, feel welcome, feel loved no matter what, and know and just hear maybe for the first time that there's a God who loves them. And so how do you do that in a way that is creative, that's fun, that's, you know, that centers around communities? And some, we believe in small groups. We have small groups, you know, by grade and gender, um so just and our our leaders do an excellent job of when there's a new student and they're in small group it's not about going deep into you know we just came out of a study on Leviticus right not going deep into Leviticus but helping that new student sort of bring them into the fold with where they're at spiritually and so there's a balance right because you have kids who have been raised in the church and they They've known God for as long as they've been able to walk, and then there's students who come in and they're they're meeting Jesus for the first time. And so how do you strike the balance between you know, those two groups of people? And to me, I want to make following Jesus hip and cool, right? <laughs> I, I want that to be the thing that kids will take back to their schools and I think about claim your campus as a ministry. You know, there's this ministry that kids gather at the flagpole and they pray for their schools. and I, I think every school needs that. And so, just trying to instill in students that god is culturally relevant you know he's 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 always been here he's not going anywhere and um just doing it in a fun and engaging way i guess that's the that's the challenge because if a student comes on a wednesday night the reality is if they're not a believer and they don't have a good time they're not coming back yeah. right so making funny innocent elements that will They'll remember, and they'll laugh, and they'll have a good time, and they'll want to come back. And they may not they may not accept Jesus the first, second, or 30th time, but maybe they come for two years, and then all of a sudden something clicks, and before you know it, they're being baptized, they're being discipled, they're being, you know, so um, I'll use whatever I can to, to bring a student into student ministry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as we look at that, you know, Crosswinds as a church, uh, our mission is to know God and make Him known. I mean that's just simple, right? Mm-hmm. We want to we want to know God, make Him known, and um, you know one of our values is being culturally relevant. But some people misunderstand that. But it's right. taking the timeless truth of God's word and and presenting it in a way that's engaging to an ever changing culture. And I think that cultural relevancy is so important because if if we're trying to minister as if it's still eighteen ninety, right? Um, it's not going to connect. With, with with some people. And so and so it's so important. So when I when I think of that, you know, idea of knowing God and making him known, that mission, how's that happening in the student ministry?
1: Um, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit. I was thinking about this idea of believe, belong, become blessed, right? Yeah, that's, okay. our, that's, that's our strategy. That's our pathway. And so I, I think with student ministry, it often happens out of order. Sure. I think yeah. a student needs to belong first. Yeah. And so we, we bring them into student ministry. We help them find a sense of belonging, a sense of community, in hopes that yeah. they will come to believe and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But that belong
0: right? in the strategy though, is belonging to Christ. Yes. And so you're talking about something different. You're talking about belonging to a community yes. so you can hear the gospel. Not you can't belong to Christ and not believe. True, that's true. And so that that's true. I I think our culture responds better to community, being yes. a part of something. Mm-hmm. Then it, it, it's a whole. And I don't think it's actually new. It's you got to earn the right, right, to be listened to, and yeah. that happens within community.
1: I, I but to go back, okay. So talking about cultural relevance. I'm still relatively new in this role, right? in as student pastor. and I uh, but I've seen some really exciting things happen. I think about the stage redesign that we just did., yep. you know, kids go to never the same camp. and it's, you know, the 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 ministry or the worship experience and the what we call chapel time, it's just this epic, almost like rock concert experience. And that's what they relate to, right? And so it draws them into that moment of worship. And so, we we um, we took some unused funds in a previous budget, and we you know invested in credit to Elijah and my son Sheldon. They they did this epic redesign of the stage and the box, and so every Wednesday night, the students experience that as we kick off the student ministry night, and that to them is like culturally the norm for them, right? That's that's like this wow factor, yeah. you know. And then I think about what we did during the pandemic with the Tonight show. You know, yeah. bringing student ministry to YouTube and doing sort of a live stream episode, um utilizing social media. We we need to meet students where they are. You know, where they are emotionally, where they are spiritually. And so just trying to tap into, you know, we talked about social media and we talked about if we can be a little bit of noise in the midst of everything else they're seeing and hearing just so they can get that one, you know, quick moment of maybe clarity with, with Jesus, then I'll use whatever means we can to be right where they are.
0: And, and, you know, I've heard people say, you know, we we can't compete with Disney. No. You know, and, and that's true as far as the, you know, we don't have the technology to put, that, put a movie together right. like they can or... Or we certainly don't have the technology or the money to to put uh, make a Disney World for Christ type right. of thing. Um, not to say that those things can't happen. I'm just saying we aren't able right here at Crosswinds to do that. Right. But the one thing we have that the world doesn't have is is the Holy Spirit, that the very power of Christ. And so, you know. Social media may be drawing them in. But when you use social media for Christ, when you when you're using the, the tonight show as a you know on YouTube and we're doing that, you know, the, the reality of it is is that the, the spirit of God's drawing people in. Right. And I think sometimes we underestimate that. We say we what we can't be, but you know what we have that no one else has is the one who spoke the the world into existence, his power drawing people in to hear his message.
1: Yeah, you know, I did this funny series of TikTok moments during the pandemic, during, um, during the shutdown, and I've often thought about going back to that and trying to find a way to, to bring TikTok into student ministry. I know my kids are there, right? I know the students are there. How can I use it to help spread the love and message of Jesus Christ? So that's a question I ask myself all the time, is what more can I be doing to reach the students right where they are?
0: Well, share with me um, one of your favorite student ministry mm. stories. So I know you have a ton of them. I do, but, but but narrow it down, you know, share share one of your favorite student ministry stories.
1: So this one, I, I had to, man, it was hard to pick and choose. and I'm only two years in the role, and so much good has happened. But this one is a really recent story. So, um this past summer, for a multitude of reasons, um, I ended up being you know, at NTS camp with our leaders, and Brian was supposed to be there, Brian Soller, our family pastor, and for uh, he had a family emergency and had to leave. So I was doing NTS camp by myself as the student pastor. That was a great experience. But then coming out of that, I led my first retreat with Student Shepherd. So we took about 30 students to Letourneau, which is a local Christian camp here, and we spent, you know, two and a half days looking just at spiritual disciplines, and we did it around the amazing race, and it was just this really cool time. We had worship and and all of this stuff. And the second night after our big chapel time together, um, a young man uh, pulled me aside, and now this is a student who I felt like I never connected with. I felt like I never reached right through my ministry. I felt like he didn't see me as relevant. Um, and of course, that's Wendy thinking, right? That's not God thinking, but. Um, he pulled me aside after our chapel time, our worship time, and wanted to share his testimony with me. And you know, he had said to me, um, "You know, I, I feel like God has brought us closer over the summer." And you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, God, I can't believe He did this." And so he shared his testimony with me, and um, then uh, the Sunday following that, I ended up sharing his testimony in church. But I think just that moment of being able to pray with that student and just hearing him validate that God was using me in his life was probably one of the most profound moments of my time in student ministry. And it's, it's hard to articulate, but watching students like that who I see as unreachable at times, who then turn around and show you that God is working in their life, that makes me want to show up every single day. And so there's so much more to that story, but just that validation that God is at work. Yeah. And he can use a, a middle-aged right, woman who came out of corporate America, battled addiction, did all the things to celebrate recovery. He can still use somebody like me to reach teenagers, which is crazy.
0: I just like to encourage anyone uh, as we sort of wrap up this episode. If you're a student out there, uh, check out the student ministry and go to crosswinds.church Church and find out information about the student ministry. If you're a parent out there, uh, you're not alone. Uh, we we uh, as a church not only uh, minister to, to children and teens, we also minister to their parents, and and we uh, believe it takes a church family uh, to, uh, to, yeah, to to come alongside, each, yeah, to come alongside each other to help us as we raise our children. So you're not alone. If you're out there and you feel like you are, you don't need to be. Um, we, we can we can do this thing together um, it, it, you know every week we just try to, to bring a, a new person on and, and Wendy thank you so much Thanks for, for being me. here the last two episodes can't wait to have you on again and here in the future. Um, uh, remember again check out crosswinds.church uh, that's a way to connect with us to, to hear a, a little bit learn a little bit more about uh, what we're about here at crosswinds uh, but for now uh, I just want to encourage you be blessed and bless others.